all just referrals. If you find a director or writer friend who might be interested in working on it, chances are they're going to know somebody who has a camera. If they've shot some before, you know, you start small and just ask for help. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 38. I'm Leslie Shannon. And I'm Elise Siebert. Today we are speaking with actress-producer Haley Rawson. We chat about making acting a priority, falling into producing, and karma. I could move you. I could find anyone. I could move. Like, I am a real estate agent. (laughs) I I don't want to be, but I feel like I could do it. I just hear that it's so time-consuming to actually do it, but I mean. Oh, my gosh. Like, I've lived in all the neighborhoods. It's out of control. I've had four in 10 years. That's That's, better. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's normal. I, I mean, it just depends normal. on the. It just depends on your circumstances. Oh, Kevin right. and I, once we moved in here, we were like, we're not leaving until we're like forced. Wait, out, is he you know? staying here and you're going to LA, or you're no, subletting he's us while in you California? Go to LA? Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna rent this out. So where are you gonna stay when you're here for a day a week? Uh, friends. Week. Okay. Cool. <laughs> She's got plenty of them. It's friends, fine. couches, yeah. and beds, and nice. yeah. So I'm going to be really nice to all my friends and have lots of dinners to take people out to. That's all you need to do. <laughs> no, so that's yeah. 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 That's totally fair. Well, Haley, how, so how did you get into producing? Because you are an actress and now you're producing a lot. And how, how did that path happen? And I think a lot of people as actors, it, sometimes they're scared to take on, put on a different hat because they're afraid people will see them Mm -hmm. as a producer instead of an actor, that kind of thing? Well, that's how I would preface the whole thing about producing for myself, actually, is what you just touched on, in that I'm very hesitant to introduce myself that way and identify it because I, I know from my own experience being on the other end in this industry how important first impressions are and how difficult they are to change. Because if I meet somebody on a set... For instance, if I'm producing something now and I meet a PA or an assistant camera operator um, and they tell me, oh, you know, I'm actually a director, I'm actually an actor, I hear that, but I already know them as the thing I hired them for, so I'm more inclined to think of them first for that other thing. So um, that said, um, I have kind of gotten into it accidentally over the past five years or so, I would say, because like we were talking about before, I've lived in New York 11 years now. Um, and so for the first six of that, I was, uh, working in restaurants, you know, bartending and doing all of that, which was great. Um, but it sort of came about because of a situation where someone that I knew socially had a company that was interested in creating some video content and they didn't know how to, and they naively thought because I was an actress that I must be able to <laughs> make videos. And at that time I was, I mean, I had a theater company. I was, I was just starting to take on camera class and getting into the whole TV and film um, community. But I was, you know, kind of that thing where someone says, do you know how to do this? And you say yes before knowing how, because to. it's an opportunity and you just figure it out later. <laughs> so, um, I had um, a couple of close friends and collaborators who were cinematographers and editors and stuff like that. So I kind of 
Um, I knew that I knew how to produce theater because I had done that. Um, and I just sort of started putting the pieces together of hiring the right people and then learning from them. So a situation where, you know, I know how to edit now and I have friends asking me, how did you learn how to edit? And it really started off with me watching other people do it for a couple of years and giving notes on edits. And then finally, you know, last year taking a class in Adobe Premiere and learning how to do that. But it, it's taken time and going through all these different sort of paths to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. What, because I always, when people, when I talk about my writing and my directing and my acting, people kind of look at me sometimes and they're like, well, what do you, what do you really want to do? And I always say like, it's all storytelling. Like at the end of the day, like it's a collaborative process and it's all storytelling. And I feel like what I've done in front of the camera has helped me behind the camera and vice versa. Are there any instances like you can think of that have, that either producing has helped your acting or your acting has helped your producing type thing? Yeah. Uh, honestly though, editing too Mm -hmm. is a big one for acting. I've learned, and we even talk about this in, in class with Bob Krakauer, who I, you know, a lot of us study with, um, he talks about editing a lot because it's so, I've learned so much how editing can shape an acting performance and without getting too, um, obsessive or paranoid about it on set, I just think differently now in a way where I am trying to give them something to work with that will help them pull out my best performance, you know, and being consistent and stuff like that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely both things help. I think understanding, this is a big thing for me as an actor that I find to be important that I think a lot of actors don't necessarily realize at first, which is how they fit into the bigger picture of the industry as a whole, and especially over time, because um, there, then there are a lot of ways that I've sort of come to experience that. One is from producing and being on these small sets. Another is from, as an actor, being on much bigger sets and sort of just being aware and paying attention to what's going on around you. Um, and also being part of a casting process, being a reader at different casting offices and being in classes and stuff like that, where you sort of, yeah, I've made myself take a step back and try and understand that it's not only about me and not take things personally and um, look at, you know, if you get a role, that's great, but if you don't, then that's fine and you'll get another one another time, you know. And I just love being on a set. When I book something as an actor and I go to a big set, I always am talking to all of the crew and it always baffles me when actors sit in their own trailer or just talk to each other because, I mean, of course I am a producer, so it interests me, but um, I'm not going over there saying, hi, I'm a producer, let me hire you for something. I'm just interested because I know that all of these PAs want to be writer directors or whatever, you know, and I'm interested in what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they are shooting here versus somewhere else and how they built the set. And I just, you know, I feel like you're going to, this career path is so difficult anyway, if you're not, for me at least, if you're not interested in what everybody else is doing around you and the bigger picture of the art that we're creating, it, it just find it so much more interesting. Well, and having curiosity about what other people's jobs are only helps you, right? Because mm-hmm. then you 
know how to do something when something comes up the next set you're on or, or you can step into a role or helps help somebody else that's looking for, you know, if they're looking for a sound person or a gaffer, you, you build your network of people too by just talking to people. Yeah. On set. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it also helps. Um, one of the things that I've noticed for me when I create my own work, it adds to a sense of confidence that I think is that helps you as an actor because it's such an easy place to be in to allow things to affect you in a negative way. And instead of like living in that place, when you create your own work and you know what goes behind it, you feel like you're putting yourself, it's not a power struggle in the same way. I think that it felt like at the beginning of my career or any actor's career is you feel like they have the power. I want it. I want them to cast me. And the more work you do, the less you, like you said, the less you care about, oh, I didn't get that role. Well, I had a good audition, so that's all I can do, right? Like it's a different, it's a just, it helps you approach it in a, in a, a different way. Right. I, yeah. And I think um, you bring up auditioning. One of my favorite quotes that I've heard that I always remind myself of is that we audition for the opportunity to audition again. And that is all that is, that is literally all it is, you know? Um, and when people ask me who aren't in our industry, Oh, what do you do? What's a normal week like for you? I'm, I'm, my job is auditioning. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And the times when we get jobs are the exception to that norm and they're wonderful, but we can't expect them to happen necessarily, you know, at any frequency because it's so, it's so random in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, but then being um, being on set too. What was your other? You I was just talking about, about making you feel. It makes you feel empowered. So it's not oh, a play of power between right. yeah. who has it and who well, does. Similarly, because I've had the experience of shooting something as an actor and then being cut from it. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple of times yeah. on yeah. really big projects, yeah. mm -hmm. that, uh, and that was such a learning experience too. And I feel like from my perspective as someone who has been producing work, I it helped me so much not to take that personally as an actor. Because it's not about you at all. No, it's about the story. It's and not, th yeah. that's the thing. It's like we have this amount of time to tell this story. And a lot of times in scripts, they don't know where it's going to end up. And when you start editing, it ends up in a different place. And I, I think that's a big thing too. Like being on the other side, you're like, they did this because they needed to tell the story. They didn't do this because I gave a bad performance or they hate me or they didn't like what I did or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever that negative, you know, it voice helps, inside of your head. It is helps you let go say. of some of that ego. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that, like, cause you realize that, that it's, it's a bigger, the world is bigger than just your performance. Yeah, yeah totally. And also just the, the confidence, like you mentioned that word earlier about being on a set and knowing what people are talking about is so empowering because sometimes there is so much going on a set and somebody, some third AD is yelling at you, okay, get on your one. We're going to do this with the dollies coming in. And if you don't know what those things are, uh, yeah. it's fine, obviously, the first right. few times you ask somebody, but... Um, it just gives you this um, confidence that I think is only going to help you be more comfortable and do a better job that day, you know, with whatever role you're playing. I, and I think, too, understanding that, like, if they keep doing a take, it's not 
necessarily because of performance. It's because the light's not right or the camera did something weird with focusing or, you know, like there's other little things like that too. I think having that information as an actor is the same thing. It just empowers you to not get in your head like, why are we doing this for the 10th time? Right. I, that reminds me of something that I uh, want to touch on about um, continuity on set. Because I was talking about editing and all that stuff. But actually, I find it so interesting, my journey with figuring that out. And this is something that Bob has said in class. He's like, there is a script supervisor on set. And that is their job to watch for continuity. If you're doing something with continuity that's messing up the shot that they won't be able to use, they will come over and tell you and whisper in your ear. You don't have to worry about it Mm -hmm. other than that, Mm -hmm. right? So it's the balance between my first couple of times I was on a big set, I was so obsessed with, okay, I put my hair behind my left ear in the second syllable of that word in my second sentence. I have to do it that way every single time. And I know from an editing, producing standpoint, of course, that type of attention is appreciated, but the level of detail to which I was doing it at first was not necessary yeah. <laughs> because I, I was watching these other actors who I was on set with, the particular experience I'm remembering, who were, you know, big, important people who are amazing actors who work all the time. And um, they were paying no attention to continuity. Of course, mm-hmm. when you're you know, a star, it's different. But, you know, I was watching their performances when we turned around on them and going, oh, they're just trying subtle differences each time because this one might be a more interesting take or this might create a different tone or, you know, there, it it was just fascinating because Mm -hmm. then I realized and I watched the final episode of what we were filming and I went, Oh, interesting. They used that shot where he picks up his whiskey glass and drinks it, but he didn't do that in any of the the other previous takes, but it really worked, you know, to sell that in that moment. And that wasn't the director or anything. That was just the actor making that choice to, not just mess around, but you know, it, it very intentionally try different things that could all work mm-hmm. to give them options. So it's that balance between not being, you know, being aware of continuity, but not being scared to yeah. do something. To else. do something well, yeah. and as an editor, you appreciate you don't want the same thing every time, right? Like you, you need different nuances to pull from to to tell the best story again. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you, so, so you started producing stuff and then what was the decision to start your production company and get that going? Well, it's sort of, um, luckily came about as I touched on earlier, the demand was there first and then I created the work and the company in response to that. So it was the opposite experience of, let's say what I had done with a theater company, which was let's start a company and then try and find, you know, money and try and find venues and try and find stuff to produce. It was, I have a client already who wants stuff produced. I got to put all the pieces together and figure out a way to make this happen. Um, So that's how it, you know, logistically came to be. And then once I, it's, it's always been sort of um, an equal balance for me with producing in terms of about half the stuff I do is really just my day job. It's money, it's commercials, it's corporate videos and industrials and stuff like that. Um, and then that at first it was just that, and that was me really getting my bearings and figuring out, you know, just budgeting and how to how to do all of that properly. Um, and then, you know, I'm not a writer or director, 
I don't really think that I possess those two specific skills, but I know that I know how to produce. So my friends who are writers and directors, you know, if they, a couple of years after I started producing corporate stuff, when they would have um, a short that they'd written or a sketch or something like that, I was like, oh, wait, I know how to do this now. Let me help you Mm -hmm. um, in terms of putting the pieces together. So you know, they write me a role. <laughs> I would get them some sound guys. Yeah. Like it was all, it was all a collaborative process. Um, and that sort of started. So now it's kind of half and half in, in the sense where every week I definitely have some sort of, you know, commercial project that I'm working on. And I also trying to help and support my friends and create stuff that we all care about. But that's but that all comes secondary to acting for me. Mm-hmm. So that's you know every single day when I wake up, I'm doing something to help further my acting career. Whether it's learning a scene for class or you know talking to my reps about some sort of strategic something or um, you know reading, some, you know just always trying to make sure that I don't get carried away by the all the busyness yeah. of what producing can be because it is, it, it's I, a lot. I don't want it to take yeah. over yeah. my life. Producing yeah. is a lot yeah. too. There's a lot of, little. so is that how you, um, cause you were talking about not letting it take you away. So is that your process in um, making sure that acting always comes first? Is that like you make sure to do something acting related every day? Like what's that? Yeah. I think I, that's something that I heard somebody say a long time ago too. It's about, um, not well when you want something to happen or something that you care about investing your time in not to do a lot all at once but just do a little bit every day or you know just have a sort of awareness about what your goals are um and not just being busy and productive for the sake of that but actually clearly putting pieces together to work towards a specific goal. And if that's just doing one little thing every day, then that's, that's fine. Um, but I, um, I, yeah, I always put acting first and I, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause people, you know, who don't aren't in the industry will say, Oh, well, you know, you act and produce. Well, that's amazing. You know, don't you want to produce your own TV show and star in it? And duh. Yeah, of course we would, <laughs> we, we would all love that. Um, but when you see, you know, uh, a show on NBC and one of the stars is an executive producer, it's not because they had their own production company when they were, you know, in their twenties, it's because they had a successful acting career and then they were on the show and they got to know the producers and the producers offered them that role. And then they eventually started being creatively involved in whatever season, you know, that happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, I tell people, yes, that would be amazing, but it's, um, until I'm at that level as an actor, it is sort of a secret identity. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not trying to be a yeah. actress slash producer. I'm trying to continue to be an actress. And then if, and when this skill set comes in handy later on, you know, then great. Yeah. Then I would love to produce a yeah. show or something like that. But it's nice to have a day job that like you enjoy being on set. You enjoy, you know what, like that yeah. part of it instead of having to go wait tables or babysit or, you know, I always think actors day job has to feed them too, because if it doesn't, you're going to get burnt out by. Absolutely. And I've seen so many people get burnt out. Yeah. I mean, 
Look, I love bartending. I, I could go back and bartend tomorrow. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I, I had this moment where I was doing that and I was, you know, my very early twenties and I was like, okay, looking around at the people I worked with at that restaurant and they were all like a decade or so older than me at the time. And I was just like, whoa, this is so comfortable and easy and I'm making good money, but I don't want to do that then. I was like, I got to go. So I quit my restaurant job with no <laughs> plan, <laughs> but I, I'm a firm believer that if you want something to change, you know, or to create space and opportunity, you got to do the scary thing of just making a big change. So I did that and uh, that sort of, I mean, there were other side jobs in between that and me being able to fully support myself now, but that was the first step in me being able to start putting the pieces together of, of having a production company and making a living because I had no other choice. And if I would have kept bartending, then it would, I wouldn't have forced myself to do it, you know? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I did that last year. I had a, was Yes. So yes, I understand. Yeah. I understand completely. Um, there is something about when you allow something to take up so much space. That's why I was interested in how you manage making sure you're prioritizing the thing that you want to prioritize. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's hard too, when, you know, you have to pay your rent, you have to, you know, so you, so it's like this constant push and pull of like, I, I need to, you know, do this scene or I need to meet these casting directors or, you know, but also prioritizing as I have to do X, Y, and Z so I can feed myself. Mm -hmm. And totally a big part of it though, is just always acting and practicing scenes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in a class. Um, I mentioned Bob's class, but I've been in class with, uh, Eric Reese for almost three and a half years, every single Wednesday morning. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think that is one of the biggest things that makes me, reminds me that I am prioritizing acting in my life all the time because no matter what else is going on in my life that week, I know that between Monday night and Wednesday morning, I'm going to have to learn a set of, you know, TV or film sides and I'm going to have to go in and do it on camera and talk about it. And that, just that accountability for myself, because, you know, in this type of career where it's so easy to not have a set schedule and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of lose track of time almost, or the weeks go by and you're like, yeah. wait, is it the weekend? Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I know that, that, that thing in Eric's class, and I tell him this, like, that is the one rock that every single week has kept me reminded me okay I'm an, and I've been able to gauge my progress and my work so in such a crystal clear way because I do that every single week and that's I think that's the longest stint of anything habitual I've ever done in my entire life <laughs> you know three and a half years of something every single Wednesday it's yeah no super that's helpful. great it's, it's a way to make it a priority and that's it, it's hard. That it's hard to make to to be consistent when other things are pulling you in so many. Yeah, and you know, I tell people, uh, other actor friends, you know, who struggle with that, I tell them you you have to just pick up scenes and read them and practice them with each other. But even for myself, that's so much harder to hold yourself accountable to mm-hmm. than a class. So by me paying and knowing I have to show up, yeah. um, for myself, it's totally been worth it the yeah. whole time. You know. 
Um, but then, I, I mean, I have a friend, um, my friend Jessica, who's an actress who lives in LA, and we have also been, we FaceTime and run scenes all the time. We used to do it more just for practice, but now luckily she's getting a lot of auditions and so am I. So we, you know, we'll coach each other um, over FaceTime, which is actually an awesome way to practice scenes because it's like you're on camera already, you know, and you're, so I'm work, we work with each other and we go, okay, this is the frame of the screen because you're on my computer screen in this way. um, And you can really see somebody's eye line and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that's one of my favorite things too, is just practicing scenes with friends and we get each other so well now because we've coached each other on so many different things like that, that um, I get excited about that. You know, that's, that is the most fun thing for me is just practicing well, stuff, especially when the writing is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes everything better. And then the it makes, I mean, I, I love that because then it makes going into an audition feel like I do this you all, know, the time. all the time. I pick yeah. up a script and do it in front of people all the time. So it doesn't feel like this, like, Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Cause it's already nerve wracking enough, you know, right. you can't even help it. So just having that consistency of reading scenes and doing them. Yeah. Yeah. We I were- think I take that for granted that I don't even really, I mean, famous last words, but I don't even really get ner- quote yeah. unquote nervous before auditions anymore because of everything we were talking about before. Just my bigger understanding of this is great. I mean, mm-hmm. of course there are jobs that you want more than others, but mm-hmm. Just the, it's like a muscle going to the gym or learning an instrument and playing music like anything else. If you just do it all the time, then you go, you know what, even on my worst day, if I'm having the worst day and I feel a little unprepared or hungover or any, anything, (laughs) you know, worst case scenario, I know that my worst audition is still going to be pretty good at this point. And that's a good feeling because you go, it's like, you know, you're working out and you can lift, you can bench a certain amount of weight. And then, you know, if you, if, if you have to go and prove that at some point, even if you're feeling out of it, your body knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. This is muscle like anything yeah. else. Yeah. We were talking to Kate about that the, in one of the last interviews that we did. Um, Kate Geller, we were talking to her about how like practicing Where, weren't we? I don't know. I don't remember who it was. We've been doing so many podcasts. (laughs) 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 Um, We've had so many podcasts. It's hard to remember. I think practice is, I I mean, I think it comes to from being a dancer where every day you you are in class. Oh, yeah, totally. It's about repetition. And I find that the, the acting classes I've been in, that the ones where people are doing the work, you know, weekly, every day, you know, you see, you see their progress too. I was in a practice group a couple weeks ago and we started, we started it like two years ago and we just played back everyone's last scene and we kind of sat there because when we were doing it, we're like, Oh, that, that was okay. You know, that wasn't, you know, the best or whatever. And then we started watching. We're like, think about two years ago Mm -hmm. when we were doing this and you know, even you're exactly right. Even on your worst day, it's still good work because you've been doing the work. It's just like runner, you know, running or anything. But I think for some reason, I mean, actors and then also, especially people who, who don't really understand what we do fully think that because it's this sort of sexy personal skill, personality skill, that it doesn't require that type of practice and attention because it's so it, you know, it, it is such a subjective art and it's hard to quantify sometimes talent or skill or anything like that. But 
because you you know you watch somebody play the piano or or bench press something that those are so obvious you know mm-hmm. you can just see it and hear it and go okay this is you know more measurable but there's this thing there's this belief that actors you know if you don't really care and you're cool and you kind of just are <laughs> you kind of just are yourself and sort of see what happens or like when people tell me oh yeah I kind of thought about acting it sounds like it could be cool I'm like yeah dude but I've been doing this almost every day for 10 years and I'm only now sort of getting to be where I want to be in my mm-hmm. career. So it's not like that you just roll out of bed. I mean, some people are have that movie star charisma, but you still got to work at it no yeah. matter what. Anybody who stays in the industry, it's because they've put in the energy and the effort in order to keep themselves there. Absolutely. Well, or their nepotism also, but well, that's I mean, a different... Well, I, I, I think that's why you sometimes see these really young actors and actresses do really well and then they have to take a break because they don't, they don't even realize what they were doing. And it's actually a lot harder to be yourself and to be a character and have that charisma than <laughs> yeah. people, if people you don't think, know what yeah. you're doing. That's why the craft oh, yeah. is so important. We were talking to Joey about that on the, the last episode about just like doing the work and having the craft to, su- to support your talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I started talking about Kate because I was going to say like you, you used Kate, um, as your casting director for several of your projects. Yeah. Um, how, how do you, how do you know Kate? How did that come about? Yeah. How did that happen? Um, actually sort of beautiful accident that we became such good friends actually. Cause I took, I, I honestly just took a class that she was teaching um, maybe, I don't know, three years ago or more at this point. Um, I took a class with her and then we, you know, we got along. Um, and I think then I was her reader for a similar class like that, um, soon after that. And so we, you know, talking a little bit and I probably emailed her to follow up cause I believe that's very important if you're, you know, networking and taking these casting director classes, there's so many of us who are wonderful and talented, but you have to be proactive about, not in an annoying way, but just, you know, reminding them who you are and stuff. So I think I followed up with her about something. Maybe I sent her, hey, here's a sketch that I just did with my friends. You know, I'm producing my own stuff. And um, and then um, she brought me in for a couple auditions at Christie Street. And, um, and then I think they started using me as a reader at Christie Street a while back. Um, and we just sort of got along. Um, she's amazing. I love her. Saw her yesterday. Um, and, uh, she's, yeah, she's been really, really incredible and helpful person in my career. But, uh, when, when it came time last summer for me, I was producing these two short films that my friend Patrick Lettery wrote and directed. Um, we needed, we already know who we already knew who we wanted to cast mostly, but we needed help um, with some ideas for some of the characters that were a little older, um, and we wanted to attach somebody to one of them who was on a you know TV show. So we and we had no connection to her. So Kate, we hired her to help us out with all of that stuff, and she did a great job. Yeah, I was gonna say the casting in both of the shorts um, were—it was really, really well done, and the just in general, I enjoyed watching both of them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and there you're submitting them to festivals right now. Um, actually, well, we shot them over a year ago. We—I actually just spent this past week um, screening Daquan at three different festivals. 
Um, Wonderful. We were last week. It's funny because you <laughs> you apply to so many, and then, and then I'm like, really, guys? <laughs> the three that you're accepting us to are within five days of each other. Um, Ain't that the way it goes? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not complaining at all. Um, they it was a wonderful experience. We were at the Woodstock Film Festival last weekend and Bushwick Film Festival, which were the same exact day, and then uh, the Chelsea Film Festival this past Friday. So um, Daquan played at those three, and then the other one is called July, and that played at the Brooklyn Short Film Festival and also the Tallgrass Film Festival in Kansas, which is the only one we didn't go to because... Kansas is far, <laughs> far. but it's a great festival. I have a friend, my, my friend, Matt Smaglick, who's a, a wonderful film producer who I, we hadn't, hadn't even heard of that festival, but he put us on their radar and introduced us. I, film festivals are like anything else and like casting or, you know, there's so many of them and so many good ones and there's so many good films out there. So, um, personal connections and referrals, I think go a really long way. Yeah. 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 But it was nice. It's nice to have stuff that you make at a festival because, um, Patrick and I fully self-financed both of those projects last summer. Um, we, you know, they were really labors of love and we had a big screening in February at, uh, Brooklyn Bazaar that we just hosted ourselves and we screened a bunch of other friends work that night and invited, you know, hundred people came out or something like that. And that was awesome, but there's something different about someone else selecting your film and programming it and watching it in a room with strangers who don't know anything about Mm it. Um, and people loved it. They loved Daquan. They were, people were, you know, laughing and had a lot of questions for Patrick during the Q and a and stuff. So it's very, um, gratifying that, you know, a year later it feels really full circle. Now we put in the time, we put in the money and now I feel like it's screened. It's done in a good way. Yeah. So if, you transitioned from acting into producing and is there anything that surprised you about producing that you may not have realized before, like either good or bad? Um, is, was there an aspect about producing that you were like, Oh, I didn't realize they did this too. Or, Oh, I never thought about that before. I think, and it's still a learning process, but, um, I was surprised at how different the role of a producer is depending on the size of the project. So sometimes I will produce something with a crew of four people and two actors in someone's living room. But then last week I produced a commercial with a crew of 25 people and six actors, you know what I mean, and a budget that was 20 times what some little short film would be. So learning um it's always it's always just so different yeah learning like what how many different hats I have to wear if I'm doing something that's really small and the stuff that you don't really think about just how is everyone gonna get fed (laughs) today (laughs) like when I first produced my first web series um one of my best friends Chloe Sanders who lives in LA she's a writer and she was living in New York at the time she wrote this um this comedy web series called Snafu, um, which was an amazing experience. And that was one of the first, like I said, I had started off doing more corporate and commercial stuff. And that was one of the first creative projects that I took on. And it was really exciting because we have been friends for a decade and I, I thought it was really incredible and hilarious. So we, you know, we put that together, but that was, 
it's it's kind of funny for me to look back on now, even though it was just a few years ago, because I was literally making sandwiches in my house. Like I was making wraps for the whole crew the night before <laughs> and going to Costco and buying all the food and making it and then driving it to set myself. And I was like, wait, you should just have PAs. Like, why are you doing everything? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, you learn, you just learn. And by doing all of that stuff on such a small scale, it's coming back to the appreciation of the bigger picture of everything because I know how many moving parts there are anytime I'm on a set. And so you end up appreciating the little things that are getting done around you a lot more. Because you've done them all. Because you've done them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done hair and makeup for people myself. I've done crafty. I've been a driver. I've d- I do DIT myself <laughs> if there, you know, there's no budget for it. I, I don't, I don't like to touch cameras. That's where I kind of draw the line. Cause I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but, um, and they're scary. Yeah. They're just so I have insurance, but still, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> uh, but anything else, it. you know, sandbags, I'll carry those. No problem. I welcome that challenge. Yeah. Just no cameras. Putting up a C stand. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for people that are looking to maybe, start a production company, especially commercially to help support their, whether they're a director, a writer, a cinematographer, like getting into that whole world. Cause that's, it's a different, and there are some cinematographers that just do commercials and mm-hmm. directors that just do commercials. But if you want to kind of live in both narrative and commercial world. Yeah. I would say just start doing it, even if it's on the smallest scale possible, because like acting or anything else, everything, at least for me, that's happened has been because of word of mouth or a referral of, you know, if you want people to see you as a hireable person or production company, then go make something. And that's that, that, that can, you know, it's easier said than done, of course, but it's possible. A lot of it, one of my favorite parts of producing is just getting the right people together and saying, I'm maybe not skilled at this, even the creative stuff. Cause a lot of the producing work that I am good at is the, you know, sort of production managing and scheduling and hiring crew and, and budgeting and all of that, what some people might think of as boring stuff, but creatively I'm not, I don't really see myself as a creative producer or want to be one. So in that sense, it's like, okay, well someone, you know, for someone who's never done this before, right? Making a video for someone they already know be a good way to start. Someone you know who has a small business or something, a friend who maybe wants to put a video on Instagram or Facebook or something like that, you know, and then saying, okay, maybe I am not the person who's going to have the creative ideas to figure this out, but let me think. I must have friends who are directors who or writers who would have this, and I can throw them a little bit of money and have them write something, Um And then, you know, it's all just referrals. If you find a director or writer friend who might be interested in working on it, chances are they're going to know somebody who has a camera. If they've shot something before, you know, start small and just ask for help. I love that. Yeah. I like that. I think that's like a a kind of a mantra for life. Yeah. (laughs) Start small, ask for help. (laughs) I'm always, I'm pretty shameless about asking sort of this is a like a life philosophy of mine rather than just a career one but i i'm very generous with my time and energy with my friends and creatively and helping people with whatever i can but i also expect a lot back karmically like i have no qualms about 
emailing someone, picking up the phone and calling them and saying, um, I'm doing this thing. I've never done it before. You've done it. Can you tell me, you know, you know, give me your advice about this or can I borrow this thing from you, you know, and just, just ask because it, and the same thing with acting, not again, going through the proper channels, but mm -hmm. if there is a reason that you have knowledge of some, you know, breakdown or a friend's going in for something and you know, you're perfect for it. Same thing. Just ask. And if you get a no, then you get a no. But if you don't ever ask people for anything, then you, you, nothing's going to happen. So true. Yeah. It's so true. It's hard to ask though too. So that's like such a good trait to, you know, if, yeah, to it, kind of, I don't, I don't know I just why feel, that is. I don't know. But, I don't really believe in much, yeah. you know, spiritually, cosmically, but I, I do have this feeling where it doesn't have to be quid pro quo where I, you know, I ask you for a favor and then you give me a favor back. Of course, that's always yeah. nice, but it's just this, this bigger energy thing of I'm always going to be available and offer whatever I can to people who ask me. And so therefore I, it sort of gets rid of the guilt of me asking other people for stuff. Yeah. It's like, like you coming from like your intention, you come from a place of service, you're, you're open to be able to help someone. And so anyone who's close to you or who you do that for, you expect that same, um, open. Yeah. Service and that's just the thing with well. friendships yeah. or relationships or anything. Yeah. It's, those are the people that I like to surround myself mm -hmm. with anyway, you know? So when those people happen to be editors and DPs and writers, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> But also when they're just people, you know, you're going to cook dinner for them. Great. Then they'll buy you a drink next time. Whatever, you know. Yeah. I like That's it. That's awesome. Cool. Do you have anything coming up, coming out um, that people can look for you on or Well, acting-wise, I just, uh, it aired already, but I was on episode two of The Deuce on HBO, um, which was awesome. And then I'm going to be on the new TBS show, Jordan Peele's show, The Last OG, uh, November I think it's episode four or something. Tracy Morgan screams in my face. Really fun. Amazing. Um, and then production-wise, um, my friend Patrick, who I did both of the short films that you guys watched. I um, noticed. He's, he's writing a couple of other things right now that are sort of in the works. And um, so is my friend Chloe, who I mentioned as well. So I'm going to be out in LA in November for a little while, and we'll probably shoot something or... I also, I also did, I know I said I wasn't a writer, but I did also write a short for myself that I'm in the process of working on, um, just as an acting, just, just to have, um, for myself as an actor. And right. I, I basically, because I don't feel that I have, um, writing experience, I kind of just wrote down almost verbatim something that happened in my real life, <laughs> which I think will be fun and interesting to shoot. So, yeah. and that's how you start with writing too. I yeah. mean, most of the writers we talk to, it's Yeah, I just want to have know. that because um it is, you know, it it is sort of it's it's easy for me to put the pieces together of something like a short film now, and I end up doing it a lot. Um I've stopped doing it really unless it's good pay. I've stopped doing it um if it's something that I'm not acting in at all. And also, it's nice to be in stuff 
briefly, but I want to just do a short where I'm the main character and just be in it the mm-hmm. whole time and have it be about my experience. Because, you know, as a lot of us building our resumes here in New York, a lot of the jobs you book on TV and film are, you know, smaller. So you can have a reel filled with a bunch of amazing shows and celebrities and stuff. But if it's not, you know, it's not really showing the depth of the types of roles that you can play. Um, I think it's, it's cool if you can create that for yourself. So I'm going to, and now I've had the experience of the whole festival thing and know how that works and have connections there. So I think that'll be hopefully easier the second time around with the knowledge that I have from this year. Absolutely. You learn something every time, but that's how I started writing. And I don't necessarily consider myself a writer, mm-hmm. but I like started writing because I was like, I really want to have this, like, I want to play this character. Yeah. So I'm going to write her for myself. Yeah. And at this level in our career, no one's calling and going, where's Haley? Is she available this week? You know? <laughs> so you got to just make it. And then later on, they will that be will doing happen. that. That will happen. That's why you're opening up that space for them to be able to do that because they can see these awesome characters you can play. <laughs> exactly. So That's... where online can people find you? On Facebook, Twitter? Uh, Facebook I use mostly just for personal stuff. Okay. And I, actually, I the only reason I still have Facebook is so that I can write on it. Hi, I need a carpentry PA tomorrow, two hundred dollars. <laughs> I need an I need an office location in Los Angeles starting tomorrow, five hundred dollars for the day. I, that's if you look at my Facebook feed, it's that's just that. that people probably unfollow me because it's so annoying if you don't work in film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean my my all my stuff is just my name, HaleyRawson.com. That's my Haley Rawson's my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle. So um, yeah. And then my company is Goldcat. Um, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. which is that. We check didn't out Goldcat. Yeah, it's too. called Goldcat. Um, this is Goldcat is the Instagram handle and the website. So so uh, awesome. I was quickly going to ask because I'm always interested in how did you name it Goldcat? Where did that name come from? Does it have a reasoning? Or I wish no? I had a good story. <laughs> That's okay. You don't. I have just to. like the way that it sounded. I like that, and I like that it's not Goldcat something films product i like it's just that word i like it too. it just is it just is what it is i don't know i i find <laughs> it endlessly fascinating how people name things because i find that to always be the hardest part of any sort of creative endeavor for myself so i'm always like wanting to steal um inspiration yeah from totally <laughs> i mean i've been working this this short that i've been writing for myself for the past while doesn't have a title and i Mm-mm. i don't want to ever give it a title because it just seems so important but I don't know what to choose so it's just untitled right now okay (laughs) I didn't with the short I wrote and directed I didn't have the title until after it was edited yeah and I was like oh that is not that I think I had one title and I was like that's not it it's this now that seems to make sense yeah Yeah. I just had a friend um who finished a short and just changed the title when in the edit and I watched that cut with the new title and it really I don't know. It, se- it, it seems like it could be unimportant, but if you're looking at a program of films at a festival or something, that's kind of all you have to go on. So yeah, that and uh, the, the new title is so much better. And I go, oh, wow, this actually is what the film is about. It's great. So well, I'll, awesome. I'll get back to you guys in like two years when that's done. And I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sitting and talking thank with you, us. Haley. Thank you, yeah. guys. Yeah, thanks so for nice. listening, oh, everyone. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.